right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. I'm Jason Harmon. I am Doug Markham. And we are in Studio B, Nashville, Tennessee. Yes, sir. Studio B. At the TWRA headquarters. That's right. Right here in Nashville. Introduce our guest here in a minute, but uh, you deer hunters out there, I know deer hunting's still a few months away, but we got so many things to talk about. Big meeting with the commission the other day. We're going to talk about it. Yeah, last week was a big week. Uh, Big game seasons were set. And uh, it's going to be exciting. Let me and let folks know right off the bat: we last year we, with the help of the wildlife division, we created a one-page, just a one-page uh, sheet of information that right. we can put out on our website, and uh, it shows you what the season dates are. It doesn't go into great detail, but it goes ahead and, and gives you the dates. Going to be working with Tim White of uh, the wildlife division to get that out there this week, and it will give you the dates. So that you can, if you want to start planning, some of you like to plan for vacations, I know we can go ahead and let you know what that is. Right. The uh, the guide will be out weeks from now, but it'll get out there. And once it gets out, you'll also see it posted, all the information on our website at tnwildlife.org. But we'll at least get you started with that one. That was a real helpful tool last year. I, to see those beginning dates and end dates and season changes and, and weapon swaps when you can hunt archery, hunt muzzleloader, whatever, that that. It's a good little chart, good little PDF. And, and there are a lot of folks that, that have to plan their vacations ahead of time because of where they work, and they want to know what the dates are. And, and just remind everyone, too, the waterfowl season's already been set. So we can take care of all of that and, and, and let everybody see it. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a meeting last week in, in Dayton, Tennessee. It was a, it was a long two-day meeting. Right, right off of, Chickamauga there. Right off of Chickamauga. And we tried, but we didn't have any luck, did we? <laughs> Not even on Chickamauga. <laughs> <laughs> But we did take Tucker fishing, and we caught a few fish with Tucker. Yeah, yeah. And well, he made the Facebook page and the Twitter page. He did, even the Instagram page. He did. So he got to drive in a speedboat. Yeah, he got, he, he got to drive the speedboat. He did. Yeah, so it was I mean, a lot of fun. Thank Mr. Doug for taking him out on the speedboat. On the speedboat. Anyway, all right. Well, all right, lots to talk about. So the only thing that's really going on right now, we got a little squirrel season that's going on, spring squirrel season, and of course fishing's good. Right around the corner is free fishing day. Uh, I'm glad you said that. What is that? that? That is a lot going on. That's the next June weekend, 10th. I think it is. June 10th, yeah, yeah, and uh, go to our website and you'll find about 80 or 90 uh, classes that are out there. Um, Events. Events, rather, that are out there, classes, Mm -hmm. events that are out there. And if you want to learn more about it, you can also watch. We had Mike Bramblin on a show recently, and it's out there for you to watch if you want to. Great show with Mike. Yeah. All right. What's cool about that show is the tarp stuff. You know, I hadn't really dove deep into that much, but all those angler recognition programs that's pretty oh, cool it looks a lot of fun different master levels you know that's yeah cool. i wish they started with fish about this big though <laughs> so i'm gonna make the uh, master level tucker was catching bigger fish than you i are. know <laughs> tucker was catching more fish than me anyway, all right james kelly is our guest he is the yes. deer management program coordinator is that right uh deer coordinator leader leader state deer biologist that many guy. many uh names most states have one and they have a few different names but yeah well, the deer guy. The deer guy. And <laughs> first time on the program, Jason and I were both thinking, well, we've had James on here before. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. And really appreciate you taking the time. Well, thank you for having me. I'm a huge fan of the show. I, uh, thank you. I uh, subscribe to it on iTunes and listen to it as a podcast on my drives to and from work so awesome there's our one download duck no. there it is all right <laughs> uh we appreciate it james and yeah and uh, we're telling james we're going to do more stuff with the show we're going to keep doing what we're doing but eventually we're going to take it live and put it out on facebook we and, are going to try take to do questions that from everybody real soon come out live and y'all can watch this show and and, and it'll, it'll be posted later too you can watch it later but yep. 
chance to see us live. Well, I don't chance know if you want to watch us you, live or not. Well, a chance to <laughs> chance to ask questions, and that's yeah. as much as anything, right? Yeah. We want them to ask a question. Get folks like James on here, and uh, you can you can write in on Facebook and mm-hmm. ask James questions because y'all might have more than what we think about while we're on here. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to be doing that in the future. Look forward. Uh, James, big meeting the other day. Before we get there, let's talk about you though, okay? Okay. You uh you came to TWA how long ago? Um. Little less than a year. Uh, so at the end of the month, it'll be a year exactly that I've I've been here. Okay. All right. Well, tell us. We're going to get into some of your background, but what is your position? What is it that you do? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and I knew you'd ask me that, and I always kind of um, stumble around it because it's it's kind of a mile wide and inch deep type position. Um, basically, if it's got the word deer in it, I'm involved at some level. And uh, some people might think, you know, state deer biologists, they must be just out there in the field, just studying deer all the time. And, um, but that's, there's some field work, but a lot of it is working at a much higher level, um, trying to manage uh, a statewide program, a statewide deer herd, and manage that resource um, for the stakeholders or, or the citizens of Tennessee, hunters and and non-hunters alike and uh, and obviously there's a lot of staff that are involved with deer at certain times of the year um, and so just making sure everybody's on the same page everyone's communicating we're all sticking to um, you know standardized protocols for data collection we collect a lot of data during the deer season and uh, sometimes there's logistical issues in a you know in one area of the state and I can bring that up and with everybody and is this an issue and and ultimately all that comes together to kind of get the big picture of where our deer herd is um, where we want it to go um, what, what do the people want um, in certain areas of the state and manage the resource um, to kind of meet those needs so that's kind of it in a nutshell um, yeah a lot of history on the deer program in Tennessee James and mm-hmm. and a lot of folks that were here are gone that started the program a long time ago even before i got here a lot of those folks had moved on and then there's been a lot since then and and so forth so as you come in as a new coordinator um, and working on the state level do you have to become a historian too do you need to understand what went on before to get to where you are today yeah i think so and i'm still learning a lot of that and i'm i'm fascinated by it i want us as um an agency and we're or a, a team uh we're I work together with regional biologists who have deer responsibilities at least part of the year, regional deer biologists. And um, one of the things I want us to look at is kind of look at, you know, the restocking effort and our breeding chronology and see how that all has played out. And if there's any influences there, there's lots of states in the southeast that um, have variable um breeding dates and um i know we've looked at that some but i would like to get a more comprehensive look at that and see where um you know kind of correlate those two where we've restocked where we were stocked from and and the breeding seasons Mm -hmm. so yeah absolutely we'll get to that to the future in a few minutes first where did you where did you go to school where did you go where'd you get your degree and and uh, where have you worked since then before you came to tennessee you're a young guy and you've been to a lot of places already yeah i've been um all over the country uh, well at least the eastern seaboard mm-hmm. anyway and um well i started in in pennsylvania um uh, not working but that's where i grew up mm-hmm. and um 
for those who don't know, Pennsylvania is a big deer hunting state, has oh, a sure. strong hunting heritage. And that's where I'm from, is very rural, north central to northeastern Pennsylvania, from an area where, um, you know, first day of deer season, schools were closed down, factories are closed down. I mean, it is a deer hunting community. And so at a young age, you know, this is, I just fell in love with all things deer hunting, really. Um, you know, I love to be outside, love to hunt fish, but really it was deer hunting. And at the time when I was a teenager, and deer management was very controversial in Pennsylvania, and their state deer program leader was on TV at least once a week. And I said, I want that guy's job. <laughs> and, um, and so, and here I am, but to kind of get there, I went to a state school and studied biology, just a general degree in biology. And for my graduate degree, I went to University of Georgia and studied under um, Dr. Carl Miller, who's um, just a, a deer guru. And I think I've heard it said he's the most published um, researcher on deer, that he has more publications pertaining to deer than anyone else. And um, so I learned a ton from him and worked on a coyote deer project there for my master's work. From there, I moved to um, Florida, uh, Tallahassee, Florida, and I was the assistant deer program coordinator. And I was there for three years. And um, from there, there was an opportunity in New York to be the big game management section um, biometrician. So basically, it's a fancy word for working with data, doing analysis, and um, I gained a lot of experience there and learned a lot of cool tricks. But, you know, at the end of the day, I wanted to be the deer guy and um, influence statewide deer management. And so then the opportunity came up here in, in Tennessee. And so here we are. And all along that journey, got married and we've had three kids. We have a kid in three different states. I went in New York just before we <laughs> moved here, and so it's wow. been it's been a journey. But we like to um, say that we're home now. We're Good home deal. now. So well, excited I mean, to be here. Seems like anywhere you go, where you where you have a deer program, anywhere in the country, is you're going to be thrown into the fire because that's just deer. It's there. I think they're in great shape in Tennessee. Have been for a long time, but there's so many opinions out there, James from from. The, from the hunters there every hunter wants something different it seems like and and uh i don't i, I it almost be like talking politics i think if you sit down at a round table mm -hmm. talking about deer i think it could get that heated with some folks so how do you handle that as a, especially as a young guy coming into tennessee how do you handle all these people wanting di wanting different things yeah so that's the that's the crux of deer management and um there often are um conflicting interests uh as you mentioned even within um hunting groups and that's where most of the conflict can come from but then um then there's also conflicts with um, farmers who may or may not also be a hunter True. um residents who's trying to just trying to grow a garden or um motorists just everyday person driving to work every day and so those are all things that you have to consider and so for me, and really to be successful in deer management is to have more of a systematic, high-level approach and how do we build a program that's going to incorporate all of these things and how do we weight these different values and what is, you know, maybe this hunter's upset, but what is what do all the hunters think in 
this geographic area. Um, and so then you'd have to take a systematic, um, you know, survey approach. And so there's experimental design to get. So it's basically operating at a at a larger scale and trying to develop a system and a program and something that's going to. Well, has it that my early days here when deer restoration was pretty much at its end when I started? Um, you're talking 25, 30 years ago. There was still some deer restoration, maybe a tad being done, but they were still a lot of concern about deer populations in that time. And they did deer modeling and trying to figure out how many deer were taken during the year and and what the harvest or what the bag limits would be the next year. Is that still a concern, or are we now is Tennessee's deer herd in great shape and and so your modeling, if there is modeling anymore, only concerns what you just said, and that is have, having to deal with the human dimensions. Yeah, so, well, we do need to start monitoring um, the human dimensions part of it, and that's in the queue, so to speak. That's something we're going to start looking at. Um, but, yeah, you're right. They used to be much more intensive population modeling, um, and we're going to get back to that. We're still collecting all of the data that would be necessary um, to run those models, and we're going to start looking at that again. And, and not to know exactly how many deer are out there on the landscape, we'll never know exactly how many, but there are methods out there that you can estimate. And really what we look for is just something that's going to track with abundance, um, whether the population is increasing, decreasing, or, or staying the same. And so at any given level and really the the management unit level we have um you know uh l a b and so on and so forth those units now we're going to take a, a closer look at those and in the future and get those metrics at that management unit level the abundance the stakeholder piece and then the other component is what we're trying to um develop a strategy for is the habitat and really so that's the forest uh regeneration and so coming up with a protocol to monitor that at the the macro scale if you will so do you have to combine that too with the loss of habitat over time is that going to be a big issue we saw a map the other day at the last commission meeting where a lot of tennessee is going to going to be replaced a lot of those forest and and grasslands and it's going to be replaced with more suburban neighborhoods is that all a part of what you have to deal with yeah that's what we'll we'll definitely have to consider that and and deer are generalists though so if you give them if you give them a little bit they'll they'll figure out a way to make it work i I, I live a mile from this agency in a suburban area and we see them down by a little creek in our our house all the time so yeah and that's and that's an issue that we'll continue to to explore how to um you know and a lot of there's a solution out there it's just coming up with how do you make it work i mean there's hunters who want access and deer to hunt Mm -hmm. and there's residents who are having deer issues and want fewer deer um it seems like you could just take that group and and bring it with this group and you have a solution but there's a lot of issues and um but yeah exploring that that's part of the you have been to several different states and we're going to get to the meeting here in a little bit because i want to talk about what happened at the meeting there's not a lot of change i don't think but you'll tell us more about that um but are are all states different you you grew up in pennsylvania you're in Tennessee, you've been in Georgia, you've been in New York. Do we all manage deer differently or do they all have the same problems or a combination of both? Yeah, I think there's different, definitely different approaches in different states, uh, different um, hunting cultures um, and different cultures in general. 
Um, it, you know, up north, it's very controversial. Um, just there's just a lot of hunters. Um, there's a I think New York and Pennsylvania have two are two of the highest hunter per capita, and but it's different though. They you know they got two week seasons mm-hmm. and everyone goes out. They don't go outside the whole year, but deer season comes, they go out and shoot their deer and they want to be able to shoot their deer on that really opening day they want mm-hmm. and they want to see a lot of deer because that's what they used to see um and that's maybe a little bit different than tennessee you know up north they had a phase where deer were just out of control and so there was a whole generation that was just used to going hunting and seeing hundreds of deer mm-hmm. on opening day and you know then they've realized well the forest can't sustain this and so they've scaled it back and and even still they're having it's just a it's just much more of a fight in the north deer management it's not as controversial um in southern states and you know longer seasons it's a little more um it's a little more laid back if you will um but um but overall there is the same issues it's just it seems to be a little more amplified in the north and the south yeah which, which maybe maybe the long because our season starts in september and goes to january it's a long season so there's plenty of opportunity out there where i keep seeing where, where we've seen for years uh, if there's some heat out there it's do you kill one deer or two deer or do you kill eight bucks i'm talking about or antler deer yeah that's where and that's i think that's going to go on and on you have those opinions out there and where does where do you see the agency coming down on that and that's a tough question to ask you because that involves commissioners uh, voting on stuff and proposals and and a lot of action but is that going to keep going on or one day will that be resolved or you think it is already well i think what we need to decide is what our objectives are and that's what we're going to be starting looking at over the next year or so is identifying what the objective is and um you know breaking the state up into management units we might take another look at those or maybe use the current ones but basically identifying where do we want to go and in one unit you know age structure uh, or you know the quality deer management approach might be the objective based on what stakeholders are saying stakeholders are hunters right well there's hunters there's um well, like residents said, there's yeah. every, you know every, we got to manage farmers res yeah all yeah, of them. Okay. All yeah. and then there's the future generation the people yeah. who aren't here yet and don't have a voice and we got our charges to manage for them so whatever we're doing we got to make sure it's sustainable um so we're not doing anything that's you know permanently going to damage the resource or any other resource indirectly um so yeah that's setting the objective is what we need to identify and then you know because some people have ideas on what we should be doing but when you ask them what the ultimate outcome of what they want is it's something that those two things are conflicting um you know they want more deer but they also want to be able to shoot more deer um well the you know the primary way to have more deer is to shoot to shoot less so the population can grow so that's you know we call those fundamental objectives what fundamentally what do you what's the outcome you want to see and then we'll take a look at the techniques to get there but first you need to what's that desired future condition and then we'll look at the tools in the toolbox there's never anything as simple as asking one question there's right. just way too many more yeah. questions that yeah. follow that question exactly it's like taking a, a polling survey or whatever okay james let's 
let's talk real quick because I'm afraid we're going to run out of time. We could talk to you about it and we'll get you back in here. And like I say, we're going to, we're going to do some live stuff. We'll get James on and let y'all ask James questions. But let's talk about the meeting the other day. Uh, the Dayton meeting, where there were very many changes in the upcoming, any, any season date changes uh, or any major changes coming up for this deer season in 2017, 2017, 2018. No, no major changes. Um, you know, there was some discussion on the antler deer definition that was changed for this past season. It went from um, three inches or greater as an antler deer. I'm paraphrasing. I'm not it's using okay. the legal wording. But um, that was what it was. And then this last year, it went to any visible antler protruding above the hairline. Okay. Um, so that was this last year, and we shared some um, year one, kind of what we saw from that. Uh, but we want to continue to monitor to make sure we're seeing what we're seeing is is actually due to okay. those changes. All right, that's that's going to be the question. Um, is there was some consideration, some thought of removing the the hairline and going back to the way it was. Your study from just one year didn't show that it affected. Was it fawns? It didn't really show that it affected. Well, so you know, based on so we get our hands on about 5,000 deer a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some of those are bucks, some of those are does. We physically like a check stations, you're saying. Yeah, okay. so our right. staff will, will right. age, and it's called, you know, getting the age and sex distribution of the harvest. And so from that sample that we get for all across the state, we can um, we can estimate what the composition of the harvest was overall. And so the fawn, the proportion of fawns did decline, but we had a slight increase in the proportion of yearlings. Um, and the intent of the rule was to protect that segment of the population, so bucks that had less than three inches of antler, which some of those are fawns and some of those are yearlings. And yearlings that fall into that category are deer that were, when they were fawns, they were they were born late in the fawning season, so they're behind developmentally. So you might have a yearling that has a very short spike, okay. and that can be less than three inches of antler. So that's the two age classes that this um, – definition will impact and so we looked at what was the percent change in that and it looks like that it actually increased the percentage of bucks in the harvest with less than three inches of antler but only by a few mm-hmm. percentage points but the objective was to decrease that percentage um so we want to look at it at least one more year and see what that if we re- if we repeat that um result then we think that the intended um, objective was not met and actually is having the opposite impact. And so then we'll bring it to our commission for a discussion on whether they want to keep that. Well, maybe one of your studies, but any, what's your guess as to why that happened? Why do you think that happened? Well, so it is plausible that it was that we made that happen with the rule change because, um, you know, we, our antlered harvest almost always exceeds our antlerless harvest, but Mm -hmm. If you look at our regs, uh, we have much more liberal antlerless right. regulations. A lot more. But, but, but despite having more li- liberal antlerless regulations, our antlered harvest always exceeds antlerless. So there's more pressure on the antlered segment of the population. Um, and the antlerless is, uh, at least in the gun season, it, it's an additional privilege. Not everyone buys that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so anyway, we, the, the, the bottom line is antlered has more pressure. And we moved that line from three inches down to visible above the hairline. So now there, this segment is now in the more pressured segment. Okay. That's that's kind of the theory behind it. Um, so 
we're going to take continue to look at that and see if that result repeats itself. And if that's the case, then we think that's definitely what happened. Any proof that one of the things that folks were saying the most out on our Facebook or wherever, or calling you guys, maybe writing you guys, was uh, there would be a lot of uh, a lot of young deer laying in the field. Any proof that that happened at all, or is there any way we could know? Based on our discussions with law enforcement, that wasn't wasn't really an issue this past year and um yeah and it's a very small segment of the population anyway so it's not gonna sure it's not gonna um yeah that's not gonna happen that often and because we are two buck state um you do have depending on where you are in your antlered bag but um most often if you do make if you're in the rare case that you do make the mistake um you you can Okay. use one of that antler bag to cover a mistake okay and going back just to make sure i'm understanding right more deer under three inches were killed than you thought would be killed yeah it went from year. it went from around seven percent uh-huh. that was kind of the average for all previous years and then it jumped up to 12 percent. but so. they got checked in as antlered well they they would have been checked in as antlered yes yes yeah. and these are all okay. based on deer that we got our the five thousand, yeah, take. yeah. Okay, all right. So, and but in Tennessee, there were how many deer taken statewide? Uh, I don't have the exact number, but it was um, one hundred and fifty-seven and change, one hundred fifty-seven thousand. Okay. Yeah, it was about a six percent um, decline overall. Okay. But when you look at the kind of the last twelve years, it's it looks stable. It's not a precipitous decline at all. So. Okay. All right. Well, that I mean that happened. Like you say that if you look at the chart yeah similar like that happened so the commission then my understanding from watching the meeting was they decided after you made your presentation to say hey let's give this at least another year maybe two years to see if if what we thought was going to happen happens and if it doesn't things may change is that my interpretation correct yeah yeah and that's the thing i mean several other states have this same rule visible antler protruding above the hairline or some variant of that it's visible antler and they're able to manage their deer herd just fine. So even if we we didn't change it, it would be it would be okay. But again, it's identifying those objectives. If if the objective is to protect this segment, then um, we need to take a closer look at and the data. Is this is this getting us where we wanted the rule change to go? And that's when we would consider if we would could go back or not you guys asked every year you asked for hunting change um you, you let folks you let the hunters out there or the stakeholders let you know what they would like to see this changes in the season or additions or whatever yeah every year y'all do that did you get a majority or a large amount of people who were just hating this new law or was it about even or where did it fall so if we did get um comments it was i think the most i think if the most probably the most it's top one or two that we got comments on mm-hmm. were pertained to this and you know they were it was negative feedback but in proportion to the number of hunters we have out there. there i mean it was a minuscule amount you know I'm, we're talking probably less i don't know the exact number i know it was probably less than a hundred Okay. overall and we have um hundreds of thousands of deer hunters mm-hmm. so it's um you know you can't really base a decision off that small of a um 
of a sample. And so that's where the, you know, the more systematic survey approach, we're going to start engaging our stakeholders okay. through random sampling cool. and surveys and, and starting getting a feel for where they stand on some of these issues. And, and just legit, when y'all get ready to start doing all that, let us know. We'll have you back on there. We'll do the live piece. We'll talk about it. We'll put it out everywhere and, and, and try to help you get information on, on what you're doing and try to get all these hunters out there. Let them know how they feel. A lot of times you get the people that are mad. We all we all do that. Yeah, I do that when I'm whatever. But the folks that like the way it is need to let you know too. Yeah, and that's just yeah, and that's not generally in human nature to um, feels better to be mad. The the public, especially (laughs) in a public comment period, um, you know they're not going to take their time out of their day to tell you it's. Okay. This is great. Some do, and we and we appreciate those folks. But yeah, mm-hmm. the normal is when they're upset about something. Yep. Okay. All right. I stay mad at Directv, so I let them know all the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I stay happy at some of the others. But anyway. Um, all right, James, you did great. Um, well, thank you. I wanted yeah, to ask you more about on. the future. No, you come back. Um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. Be glad to come back. I really enjoyed this. This so thank is your first you. time on here, and you act like you've done it hundred times. So, oh, thank so, you. So you're, you're welcome. <laughs> he's a natural. He is. He's also he's also an IT geek. Yeah. <laughs> we're messing. With you. <laughs> we're learning from you anyway. Uh, All right, Jason. Hey, thanks for for watching and listening to this show, and hey, thanks for being on, James. It's a uh, it's out there, and you can find it anywhere. Uh, Tennessee Wildcast at tnwildlife.org is the best place to start. Listen, watch, and keep following our social media. Hey, keep watching our social media, Facebook, and as I said, we're going to go live with some of this stuff, and you can get more involved. Yep. And we'll get James back on, we promise. 